This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Tennessee Volunteers had a bit of a surprising first season under Josh Heupel. What do they have? in store for us for an encore. Hello, this is the College Football Daily. It's Wednesday, August 10th. I want to turn to Patrick Brown, their Tennessee Vols site on the 24-7 Sports Network to discuss the volunteers heading into the 2022 football season where all of a sudden, maybe some people aren't saying Tennessee is back, but certainly Tennessee's presence certainly seems to be back in the SEC East. Uh, Patrick, Tennessee won seven games last year. That offense, I think, as far as just pace of play, plays per minute, was number one in the nation, which isn't too surprising considering Josh Heupel's hurry-up-no-huddle offense. Uh, The defense obviously had some work to do, but when you look back at last season and the lessons learned and taking those into this year, why are expectations higher at Tennessee this this season, and and should they be beyond what Tennessee was able to accomplish last year? I think they should be a little bit higher this year, and I think it starts with with the offense that you mentioned. Um, This is an offense that it's tough to play against, and and, and Josh Heupel case of some fans may think it might be easy to figure out in year two he's he's put up numbers everywhere he's been just about getting back to, to Missouri um, when he had Drew Locke for a couple of years there and then moving on to UCF they averaged 42 and 43 points a game each of those seasons there and in Tennessee I think when when Hennett Hooker was the starter they averaged 40 points a game and over 480 yards of offense so that's the starting point right and I think Hooker has to be the starting point beyond that because he was so such an in, influential player last season the way he came in didn't open the air as a starter, but he really unlocked all of the the tools of that offense. And uh, there's a lot of expectation that, that he can be even better in year two. And, and that's sort of going to be the brand that Tennessee's going to play under Josh Heupel. They're going to be, uh, they're going to play fast. They're going to put up a lot of points. And I think the, the difference that they have to, maybe the lesson they take from last year is, is those close games, right? Because they won seven games. They could have won nine, maybe even 10. You look at the, the Pittsburgh game, went down to the fourth quarter. The old Miss game that everyone remembers for all of the the golf balls and the mustard bottles and, and the fan shenanigans. It was it was a close football game. Even after that, Tennessee still had uh, a couple had one throw in the end zone that they nearly connected on, and then in the final play, which was a really disappointing way to end that wild football game. But uh, and then the the bowl game against Purdue was was down the wire too. So that that has to be the lesson from last season. You're going to find yourself in these close games. Um, you're not Alabama or Georgia, so you're going to play a lot of those games that are going to be four quarters, and and you have to make the timely plays, the situational plays to to emerge victorious in those games. And I think. That can be the difference in winning seven and winning nine. And certainly I think an eight, nine win expectation for Tennessee isn't, I don't think that's too far-fetched going into the season. Yeah, you got to win those one possession games. Just ask Nebraska. They lost eight of them <laughs> by one possession last year. Tennessee, however, that offense, as you mentioned, just absolutely explosive. Hendon Hooker came on the scene, was one of the most potent quarterbacks. That, honestly, nationally, if you actually just dig into the numbers, is he able to repeat that going to this season? Is he able to expand upon it? And what weapons does he have around him to utilize? And what is he losing? Well, the, the, the losses are a wide receiver. Um, they're losing two starting wide receivers. Bayless Jones Jr. was uh, a very good out of the slot. He was a third round pick, I think, with the Bears. Uh, 
Bears. Um, already done some good things up there in Chicago. Uh, Javante Payton, who was a transfer that came over from Mississippi State, was a big play guy. Only had 18 catches, but six of them went for touchdowns. And I think all of them came in the first quarter or very early in the second quarter. Tennessee was one of the best uh, first quarter teams in, in, in the country last year. Um, Cedric Tillman is back. He, he's the main headline guy, along with Hooker on offense. I think over 1,000 yards last season, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he, he's a tough matchup on the, on the outside and single coverage of, of a really good 50-50 ball guy. First first Tennessee receiver without more than 1,000 right. yards since what, like 2000. 12 or yeah justin hunter um and and that this is a program that at one point was was touting itself as wide receiver you so you know he's the go-to guy um they're trying to find some guys that that can compliment him i think Jalen hyatt is a guy to watch going into this season he's uh sort of been a little bit like tillman was last year tillman only went and only had eight catches going into last season but he was a guy that the coaching staff talked up quite a bit from the spring on it's been the same with hyatt he's 15, 20 pounds bigger. He's more confident. Uh, he's always had the speed, and I think that's still there. I think he's going to be the guy to, to, to fill in for, for Bayless Jones in the slot. And then outside, they're still working some guys. There's, there's going to be some some maybe new faces there. Brew McCoy is, is the transfer. He's yeah. the maybe the, the guy that maybe a lot of people know about because he's a former five-star coming up from USC. Obviously had a lot of ups and downs there. He's still working his way, feeling his way out through this offense because it's a big adjustment, particularly if he's coming off sort of an off-season injury. And, and I think he's played six games in three years. So there's a lot of rust there. He's shaking off here early in, in preseason. But uh, I, I think those are, are some of the targets that Hooker has. And uh, you talk to him, you talk to the coaches, you the expectation is he will be better. You know, he's going to be more comfortable in this offense. They've talked a lot about him being able to better read defenses and manipulate defenses. And a lot of this offense is, is RPO. There's a lot of reads that are based that the quarterback has to make that are based on what the defense is giving you. If you're six in the box, that's a that's a look you run into, things like that. Um, and so they think that as he's continued to come into his home, that he could be even better. And, um, and that's hard to, 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 to imagine, Brandon, because he was – so good last season. I think 31 touchdowns, just three interceptions. Um, I think he led the SEC in passer rating. Was That was yes. a Tennessee single season record. So he set a really high bar for himself, but uh, I think he's has the potential to be a really special player. And that's what special players do. They, they set the bar high for themselves and then they exceed them. And I think Hooker, from everything we've heard from him and, and from those in the program, uh, I think that's on the table for him in 2022. Much more on the Tennessee Volunteers with Patrick Brown after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
And of course, that defense just wasn't great, wasn't good last season either. And a lot of us, including myself, we try to make uh, these comparisons, like what, what does Tennessee look like? What what teams do they compare to? And for me, it was so easy to make the, the, the comparison to maybe if Tennessee just takes a step forward defensively, maybe they could be a lot like Ole Miss in 2021, where their defense was atrocious in 2020. Their offense was impressively explosive. They won games, but they weren't able to win those close ones sometimes because of the defense this year Tennessee is that a fair comparison that maybe Tennessee can make a big jump if, if it just simply because if that defense gets better we should see more wins yeah it's tough to evaluate this defense because you have to take into account the offense on the other side I mean you look at the Kentucky game last season Tennessee had the ball for less than 14 minutes in that game and, and Tennessee's defense was on the field the entire game they gave up over 600 yards, but they also had a pick six, and they came up with the the four four stops in a row late to, to seal that game. Uh, I think Tennessee's defense was pretty good the first half of last season. I, I think they probably played better than what a lot of people expected. Uh, once they ran into the Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky stretch of the schedule, they started to kind of look like what we thought they would. Uh, I think the two biggest changes uh, that Tennessee's defense needs to make is they need a better depth because they're going to play a lot of snaps. I think it was over a 1,000 snaps last season. I think only four teams, maybe three or four teams played more. Um, so they're going to be on the field a lot. They have to be able to, to spell guys in, in a half, each half, and, and put guys on the field that they trust to uh, get the job done and not have a drop-off. But I, the biggest thing has got to be third-down defense. They were terrible third-down defense last season. I think 13th in the SEC maybe. Or they might have been, been last. It, it was bad. I think in SEC play, they gave up over 50% conversions on third-down. That's just really tough to live uh, when you can't get off the field on third down a lot of those situations were were third long uh scenarios so uh tennessee and from a personnel standpoint isn't where they can just sit back and, and play seven in coverage and, and rush four and, and get home um they're hoping that's going to be a change this season with uh byron young is a guy that was a preseason first team all sec pick uh, i won in and tyler barron's a guy that that's been productive but battled injuries in the past and he put it all together there, there's reasons to think that maybe they can be better in those situations. And uh, if you're Tennessee's defense, you have to view every stop as, all right, if we get to stop next time we're on the field, we're going to be, you know, seven points ahead, seven points more further ahead, just because the way this offense plays. So those are the big things to me is is can they play more guys and have better depth where they're fresher in the fourth quarter of games, fresher for those, uh, those tight down to the wire games. And and can they get off the field on third down? Because this defense was a little bit feast or famine last year. Either they got off the field three and out. um, They were really good at creating negative plays. I think over 100 tackles for loss on the season, but uh, they just could not get off the field on third down, and that's been a, a point of emphasis all offseason. Tennessee's got a difficult schedule. I'm looking at it right now. That, that that week two game is huge, obviously, at Pitt in a rematch of an exciting game last year, but there's also that stretch in the middle of the schedule where three or four weeks, it's Florida, LSU, and Bama, and then back-to-back weeks, it's LSU on the road, and then Alabama in Knoxville, how do you think the Vols start the season? Do they start out hot and try to build on that? And how big of an opportunity is that trip to Pitt in week two? Well, it's a little bit of a revenge game, right? Because that game went down to the wire last season. A lot of Tennessee fans think that if Hendon Hooker had started that game, Tennessee would have won it handily. They got up 10 nothing. They had several overthrows by Joe Milton that if you hit those throws, you might be up 17, 24 nothing before you know, the first quarter. So 
Um, and, and Pittsburgh has some question marks, obviously, with Keaton Slovis coming in to replace Kenny Pickett. They lost Jordan Addison to USC. But I think they bring back all their offensive line, and they have some some NFL talent on their on their defensive front. So that'll be a, a tough game uh, in the trenches for Tennessee. But uh, Pitt also has a new quarterback. They have a new offensive coordinator. I kind of look at it as the inverse of last season when you know, Pittsburgh was a pretty established program. They haven't maybe you know been winning at a high level, but you know they have a style of play. They've, they've recruited to it over a long period of time with Pat Narduzzi, and it, it obviously worked out because they went on to win the ACC. But I, I think it's a little bit flipped this year where maybe Tennessee is a little bit more settled uh, in game two. I know Pitt, I think, plays West Virginia to open. So right. you want to find out more about the Panthers then. But uh, that that's a big game, a chance to, uh, to really make a statement there. And then at the end of the first month is, is that Florida game, which is always one that Tennessee fans don't like to talk about. We don't, you know, do we really know what the Gators are going to look like this season? Not really, but we usually know what happens when Tennessee plays Florida and it goes bad for Tennessee. So if they can get over that hump, regardless of what happens in the, in the Pittsburgh game, I think that will have people excited going into September when they have those two tough games with LSU and Alabama uh, in back-to-back weeks. What is the kind of the general feel uh, of the fan base there in, in Tennessee? Is it that this is a top 25 team this season and well, should be? It's mid-August, so you're starting to see more 9-10 win predictions. <laughs> I think some people are a little bit more realistic uh, to think that 8 is probably would be improvement, I think. And I, I'm sort of in that 8-9 to nine window, too. There, there's those toss-up games with uh, – I throw Pitt in there, Florida, I think LSU. That, LSU. That's a tough game, but you know they have some question marks down there, too, with Brian Kelly taking over. Kentucky, South Carolina, I think those are the five sort of swing games for Tennessee, and they can win four of those, and then you're maybe looking at nine wins. I don't think they're ready to compete with Georgia and Alabama. I know any given Saturday, anything can happen in college football. That generally doesn't apply to those two teams. So I think that's maybe a little bit too uh, too much of a stretch. But I, I would say probably the consensus is uh, as we build toward the season, and, and this is that time of the calendar where the optimism is always starting to kick in and everybody looks great in camp and depth's looking good and playmakers are looking good. So people are talking themselves into uh, into some stuff that might be a little bit too early too soon. But they, they just missed the, uh, the top 25 in the uh, coaches poll. I think that's I think a fringe top twenty-five team is is a fair assessment going into this season, and I think that's where a lot of a lot of fans are. I think most people. It, it's been a tough run for this fan base, right? Because there's been signs of hope here and there uh, under previous coaches, and uh, there's always a lot of them that have that. They still remember getting excited about Butch Jones and getting excited about Jeremy Pruitt and won eight in a row at one point. So um, there's a little bit of that optimism, but it's it's certainly cautious. There's always certainly that that tinge of well, let's wait and see before we we get too crazy with expectations. Well, whatever happens, we know Josh Heupel's offense will be exciting to watch. If that defense, as you said, the third down conversion rate was atrocious last season. You curb that in Tennessee. Could be a threat, maybe an upset or two on that schedule for the Volunteers. We shall see. Patrick Brown, thanks for joining us on the College Football Daily. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brennan Marcello. We'll talk to you again on Friday.